Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. There we are. Is everyone doing okay? Yeah, good. Is everyone enjoying this uh, series we're doing on healthy homes? I think it's such a great series that we're doing and something that can benefit all of us. How many of you here know how different men and women are? Yeah? Yeah. We see things differently, we think differently, we do things differently. We're just so different, aren't we? So I think that um, this message isn't just for women today, that if you're a guy, you can get something from it because don't you wanna know more about how women think and how women are, yeah? Yeah, so I think you can get something from this today. Um, I've actually done a lot of research on this subject this morning because I didn't want to just bring you my opinions on what I think um, women should do um, to create a healthy home. I wanted to get a lot of other people's views on it. So I did a lot of research and I'm going to be honest, a lot of this stuff challenged me. Uh, So when I was writing this message, I was quite challenged by some of it. So I'm saying this morning that I have not got all this stuff together. So I've learned a lot from writing this as well as I was putting it together. Um, So I've put together eight principles for women to apply to their lives that I think create a healthy home. And Liv told me that uh, when Timmy, who's on media, saw my eight points, he was like, wow, how long is this message going to (laughs) be? Don't worry, I will stick to time. So my first point is learn to be content in the season that you are in. I often find that we are always looking to the next season. Whether we're single, we can't wait to get married. When we're married, we can't wait to have young children. Then we've got young children, we can't wait for them to grow up. And then when they're grown up, we can't wait for them to leave the home and be on our own again. We're always looking to the next season. But we need to fully invest in the season that we're in. Otherwise, we miss things. We miss important things in our lives if we're always looking for the next season. We need to invest in the season that we're in right now. See, there are things that you can do in your season now that's harder to do in other seasons. If you're single, um, there are things that you can do now that when you've got married and you've got children, they're harder. Like if you want to travel, if you want to go on a missions trip, those things are a bit harder when you've got other people to think about. But when you're single, you can make the most of those things and do those things. We need to enjoy every season and be content in every season. I get so frustrated when I'm, you know, going around the house and there's toys everywhere and dirty clothes on the floor and I'm tidying up and then I look around and 30 minutes later, it's all a mess all over again. And I get so frustrated, but I have to remind myself that one day my children won't be there. One day I'll miss the mess. I'll miss the mess that they've created. I mean, there might be a little bit still from Josh, but um, (laughs) hopefully won't be as much. Um, But we have to remind ourselves to be content through every season. And being content doesn't mean to be um, complacent. There may be things that you need to address um, in your home. You know, if um, your husband always leaves the toilet seat up and it frustrates you, you might need to have a chat with him about that. Please, can you put the toilet seat down? But you can still be content through those frustrations and not let it, not let it unsettle you through those frustrations. Um, me and Josh have been kind of in the process of trying to buy a new house. And I say in the process, this is the third time we've just been through it. 
we've seen a house that we've really liked, it's perfect for us, and uh, we put an offer in, and it gets accepted on the basis that we can sell ours, so we put ours up, we get loads of viewings, and we get a cash offer straight away. We're like, this is amazing, it's going to happen this time. And then only a few days ago this week, the house that we were buying was like, actually, we're not selling it anymore. It's so frustrating, and you just get so frustrated, like this just keeps happening. And then I start looking at my house that we're living in, and I'm like, oh, the fence needs doing, the garden needs doing, the windows need doing, and you get frustrated. But I have to remind myself, this house is actually great. It's a great house. We love it. It's on a great little street. We've got great neighbours. We've got the school on the back that we can see the kids playing if we look out the window. It's lovely. And we have to learn. We have to remind ourselves to be content through those frustrations and remind ourselves, even if some things aren't going good in our season, there are some things that are amazing. And we have to learn to be content in everything. Philippians 4 verse 11 says, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Being content isn't something that just happens. We have to learn it. And to learn it, we have to practice it. We have to keep practicing through the frustration to be content. Keep being content in the season we're in. And when we're content, that's when we get the most out of the season. Number two, find your identity in God, not others. Matthew 22 says, love your neighbour as yourself. But we can't truly love others if we don't first love ourselves. And I'm not talking about a big-headed, kind of I'm amazing kind of love, but the knowledge that God has created you, who you are, where you are, and to be who you are, and that knowledge to love yourself because you are God's creation. And you need to get your identity from God and not other people. When I was younger, through my teenage years, I was often trying to be like the people I was around. Whoever I thought was cool, I would try and be like them. So I would change the way I looked, my dress, my hair, the way I spoke, because I wanted to be like the cool people. And I never felt comfortable or confident in the person I was, because that's not who God called me to be. And I went through my life never feeling comfortable as myself because I was trying to be like other people and not who God had called me to be. And I can honestly say today that I have found my identity in God and I have never felt more confident and comfortable as the person that I am today because I got my identity from God and not from those around me. So we need to, I find our, if, you, if you're struggling with this, just go to God and ask him to reveal who you are in him and he will reveal it to you. Number three, Seek God at the beginning of each day. Now, I'm not a morning person. You can ask my husband. He knows not to talk to me till I've at least had a cup of coffee in the morning. Um, but I used to use this as an excuse to not spend time with God in the morning. So I used to tell myself, if I did it first thing in the morning, I'm not really going to get anything from it because I'll be half asleep. So I thought, I'll just do it at some other point in the day. So sometimes I would, you know, read my Bible at tea time sometimes I would pray before I went to bed sometimes I would not do anything because it wasn't set into my routine I would miss it and when I had children I uh, I decided that I'm not going to use this as an excuse anymore so I made a conscious decision I set my alarm for six o'clock and I got up at six o'clock every morning and that first time in the morning before anyone else was up before the children was distracting me I spent time with God 
And the difference that has made in my day has been amazing. I notice if I've not done that in the morning, then I get more frustrated with situations. I get more angry. I go to um, anger quicker rather than peace. I find that when I'm spending time with God, he instills peace in me for the rest of the day that my reactions are completely different when I've spent that time with God in the morning. And I've heard a lot of people actually say that it doesn't need to be in the morning. But I think for us, especially as women, we have so many things going on in our day, don't we? We've got the house to clean, the washing, the ironing, the kids to get ready, so many different things. If we don't prioritise that first thing in the morning... It gets mixed up with the rest of the day. We get on to so many other things. And I think there's just something so important about doing it the first thing in the day. It just sets us up for the rest of the day. It is amazing. Number four, forgive. Colossians 2 verse 13 and 14 says, You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He cancelled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. You know, as women and, I mean, probably some men as well, but I think sometimes we can say we've forgiven someone, but we hold a record of it in our hearts. And maybe it's just me, but we've, we've forgiven them on the outside, but actually in our hearts, we've still remembered the wrong that they've done towards us. We're still holding on to it inside. But this scripture says he cancelled the record of the charges against us. We need to completely forgive people, not hold on to the record. We need to completely let it go. Because unforgiveness only affects us. It's us that gets bitter and it's us that gets angry and no one else is affected but us because we're holding on to something that we need to let go of. But when we forgive, it sets us free. It sets us free to do all that we're supposed to do, all that we can do. And also as a side to that as well, we need to learn to not take offence. As I said earlier, men are very different to women, okay? So there's sometimes, in the, like when I'm getting ready in the morning, I'm getting everything organised and the kids ready and um, getting the bags ready to go and I look, I'm getting a bit stressed and I look over at Josh and he's doing something on his phone and I'm like, why is he not helping me? Can he not see that I'm trying to do a million and one things? The truth is, no, he can't. Because men are just different to us. He's doing his thing. He's not watching me running around everywhere doing everything. And I instantly take offence. Because I'm like, why can he not see it? Why is he not just helping me? But instead of doing that, I could say, Josh, can you just help me out here? I'm just, I'm running a bit late. I need a hand here. I need to come and help me. And all of that would be gone because what we do when we take offence is we put up a barrier in our relationship. And these little things that we keep taking offence to, it puts up barriers in our relationship and it affects our relationship. It creates um, an unhealthy home because the kids can see the frustration. And all we needed to do was ask for help. Let's learn not to take offence at all those little things. Number five, have integrity. Psalm 101 verse 2 says, I will be careful to live a blameless life. I will lead a life of integrity in my own home. And this really um, was the big thing that challenged me. 
Um, I listened to um, this woman who um, I really look up to, this good godly woman, and she um, actually wrote something about this in a book that I read. And um, the statement that she said that really challenged me was, don't accept things that are evil in a justifiable way. I'm going to say that again. Don't accept things that are evil in a justifiable way. And what I mean by that is a couple of examples. You know, you could be watching a film and the film's great. There's nothing wrong with the film. It's quite, you know, a happy family film. But then a scene comes up in the middle, which actually isn't great. And you probably, you know, you shouldn't be watching. But you think, well, the rest of it's a good film and it'll probably get better in the end. So I'm just going to carry on watching it to the end. But actually, if the film started off that way, you probably wouldn't have watched the end. You've justified the reason for watching it. Another one is, um, for those of you who've got children in school, you'll know that if you take them on holiday out of school time, you get a fine. £120 you get fined for taking your kids out of school. And I've heard quite a few parents just say, I'm not doing that, I'm going to call in sick. They've got a bit of a snuffle, so I'll just phone school and say that they're not very well, so they're not going in, when they're actually going on holiday. They've justified it because they've got a bit of a cold, and they don't want to pay the £120. So they've justified it. But actually, is it something we should be doing? Is there things, little things like that? Because we wouldn't go out and commit murder, would we? Or steal. But there's little things in our lives that we do and we justify. But actually, should we be doing them? I heard this fact about rat poison. Rat poison only has actually 3% of it is poison. The rest of it, the 97%, is actually good stuff for the rat. It's that food, it's nice, it tastes nice, but that 3% kills the rat. What is it, the 3% in your life, that you need to cut out? Because that 3% can kill your relationships, it can kill your marriages, it can kill your friendships, just that 3%. So is there anything that we're watching that we're taking part in, that if anyone else knew about, we'd be ashamed of. Because I've been there. I've watched a film before, like I said, with that's absolutely fine, but then there's, there's a small scene in it which I think I really shouldn't be watching. And if anyone walked in in that scene, I would feel ashamed. But the rest of the film's fine, but I justify it. And that is the 3%. That is the 3% I'm talking about, the little things. What are we compromising on? Whatever causes you to be dull to the voice of God or his spirit moving in your life, that is the 3%. We need to have integrity in every area. We need to live pure lives to save our marriages, our family, our relationships. Number six, honour your husband. Proverbs 31 verse 10 to 12 says, Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Can I encourage you this morning? Don't say negative things about your husband in public. It can be so easy to do when they've done something to frustrate you, when you're annoyed about something, or when all the other mums or all the other ladies around you are moaning about their husbands, it can be easy to join in. But this scripture says your husband should be able to trust you. 
Your husband should be able to trust that when you're with your girlfriends, you're not bad-mouthing him and talking about all the, all the nasty things that you think or whatever, all the bad things that um, you wish, all the things you wish you'd done and he's not done and all that, those kind of things. Your husband should be able to trust you. Don't say negative things about him in public. And um, the person who is absolutely amazing at this um, is Caroline, which is our lead pastor, Christian's wife. I have known Caroline for probably 20 years since I joined this church, and I've spent a lot of time with her over that time, and I have never once heard her say anything negative about Christian. And if anyone says anything about him, she's straight in defending him. She always says great things about him, always builds him up. She's a great example at this. And that's what we need to do. We need to be people that encourage our husbands. We need to build them up. We need to say good things about them because they are our husbands. They are the people that we have chosen to do our lives with. We need to build them up. And also, let's not emasculate our men. The husband's role is to lead the family. And sometimes as women, we can a bit go on autopilot, can't we? And we're, we're doing all these things and we just make decisions. And then we're like, we've done this, we've done that. And we just tell our husbands, that's it, we've done it. But it's our husband's role to lead the family. It's his role to make those important decisions. And when we take that away from them, we're actually emasculating them. We need to give them that authority back. Um, Every year we do our legacy offering, um, as we've just been um, advertising recently. And every year, me and Josh go away and we come together with a figure that we want to give to legacy. Every year it's different. Every single year we've got different amounts in our minds that we want to give. But at the end of the day, it's Josh's final decision. What What he thinks we should give, what he thinks God's leading us to give as a family, that is the decision we make because he is the head of the family. He's the lead. So um, that authority stays with him. Just as a side note, um, you might be hearing your husband may not know Jesus. He may not be a Christian and you're having to take that spiritual lead in the family at the moment. Can I encourage you, if that's you, pray of your husband every day. Pray that he finds Jesus so that he can take that role as spiritual lead in your family. Number seven, give people your time. Your husband, your children, your friend, those around you that are important to you, we need to give them our time. And not just our time where we talk and talk and talk. Because as women, a lot of us, we like to talk, don't we? We like to give all the details and all the information and everything that's going on. But I'm talking about time where we listen, where we listen to them. There are times when I'm um, getting ready in the morning and getting everyone sorted and one of the kids will come up to me and we're like, mommy, they want to tell me something that happened the next day. And I'm like, I don't have time at the moment. I've just got to get everything ready. And I'm like, what am I doing? My child wants to talk to me. So I have to go to them and say, I'm sorry. What is it you wanted to say to me? We need to listen and give people around us that time. Proverbs 10 verse 19 says, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. It's as blunt as that. (laughs) We need to give people time where we listen. And this is an intentional thing. We have to do it purposefully. And we have to carve out time where we can spend with these people that we love around us. You know, me and Josh will have times where we're just in the car and we'll just have a chat and just talk about each other's days and things. 
We always, if possible, eat our food around the table at night so that we can chat about everyone's days, what the kids have been doing at school, what me and Josh have been doing. It's intentional. We have to have that time where we can just spend time with the people that are important to us and we can listen. We can take everything in. We need to give people our time. Number eight, the last one. Give your best to what's important. There are seasons in our life where this is going to change. There's different things that are going to be important to you. But we need to give our best to what's important. And when my son Judah started football in a team, his games were on a Saturday morning. And Josh played football in a team on a Saturday morning. And, but he wanted to watch Judah. So he made the decision that he wasn't going to play in his team anymore so that he could watch Judah play on Saturday mornings. Not only did he do that, but they needed some help with the coaching. So he stepped up and helped the coaching as well. He gave his best to that because that's what was important. We need to give our best to what's important in the season we're in. And it may mean that you have to say no to some things because we can't do everything. We need to evaluate what is important to us in this season and then give our best to that thing. There's so many other things that I could have um, brought today. There's so many other principles, but these are just eight that I picked and I felt were important for women. Um, And I just believe that if we apply some of these things to our life, then it will just help us have a healthier home. It'll help us with our family, with our relationship with our husband, our relationship with our children. It'll create happier, healthy homes if we can just apply some of these godly principles from the Bible to our lives. I'm just going to pray if you'd like to close your eyes. If there's anyone here today, you've never given your life to Jesus and you're here today and you've felt something in the service and you just know that, you know, you want to give your life to Jesus today. God's calling you. If that's you this morning, if you just want to raise your hand as a sign to say, today I'm giving my life to God. Thank you. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you save us from our sin, Lord. You take our old ways and you turn them into new, Lord God. And Father God, I pray for this man who's responded this morning, Lord God. I pray that you will turn his life around. Forgive his sins, Lord God, and let him have an amazing relationship with you, Lord Jesus. Let it be the start of something amazing, Father God. Lead him and guide him, Lord, I pray. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help each one of us, men and women, to help make our homes a healthy home. Lord God, I pray you'd lead us and guide us and show us where we need to change and show us where we need to get better, Lord. In your mighty name, Lord. Amen.